0: Welcome to Thinking Reimagined.
1: Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts-provoking intergenerational dialogue
0: in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change
1: in the global workplace and community.
0: Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity,
1: engagement,
0: collaboration and learning
1: amongst individuals, teams and beyond. Enjoy Enjoy this episode. episode.
0: And subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. It is one of those days that, when it comes up on the calendar, is heavy on my heart because I keep thinking, "How do we address this um, issue of human trafficking?" That just has so many. Um, facades you know there's so many facets that's the word i'm looking for there's so many facets to human trafficking and uh, i don't know that any of us can fully answer it but um you know i think that the more we talk about it the more we bring it to consciousness hopefully people will begin to realize that nobody is immune to it Um, because for a long time people felt that it was the events of um the events of the the downtrodden, which is not true. Um, But, you know, you look at the situation in the world, you see the wars that are going on, you see the um, endemic that's going on and, uh, you know, the pandemic that we survived and still surviving because now it's endemic. And all of these factors are contributing to the JAPA, the human trafficking um, syndrome. And, And then you start to look at how Um, Because we've become so digitalized, um, it's having such great effect in so many ways. I mean, there's there's a whole network that's able to use these platforms to hide underneath and do this um, dreadful sort of business. Because it is a business for many people. It is a business. Moving people into different areas is considered a business. It is a cartel. We don't even have accurate figures. And at the same time, you have those who are trying to create technology to uh, make it easier to apprehend people or to find people's location. So I'm very much interested in the conversation we're going to have today. And I can see Benga is smiling because he probably has questions that he wishes to pose to us today. So Benga, thank you for joining us and everybody else. And, Let's get started,
1: Nifemi. And then let's get started. Chilean Ibiasu is here. Jerry's also online with us. Benga Kimfenwa is for the Guardian newspaper. And I like Benga to kickstart with some questions he asked for Dr. Ama um, mm-hmm. in commemoration of the International Day Against Human Trafficking. Yeah, my first question is just about, um, you know, this thing is actually like, a and not ritual. So what's actually
2: different in this uh, year's event?
0: You know, Bengo, that's a very good question. And it's interesting that you should use the word ritual um, because it's not the word that I would select, but I can see how you will perceive it in that way. And what makes this year different, as I alluded at the beginning of this conversation, is the magnitude of the complexity of our lives right now. You look at the wars that are going on around us, you look at the insecurity, you look at the economic crisis, you look at the pandemic, which has become endemic, and all of these are affecting the movement of people, knowingly or unknowingly. In our case, we're talking about those who are being trafficked, illegally moving, you know or those who think that they're going legally, but they're actually going illegally. But it is of great concern because now with the digitalization of the world, you have more um, openings, more avenues that are being used to move people. So you can go online and find out that uh, you think you're applying for a job, but you're really, putting yourself in harm's way and the people that you think are employing you or going to employ you are actually going to traffic you and you have no idea. So technology and the digitalization of the workspace of the world is making it even easier for perpetrators to carry out this this movement of people. Whether it's for organ transfer, as you have heard recently in the news in Nigeria, or sexual exploitation as is going on globally or forced labor, just to name a few. Um, and it is very disheartening because technology in a way enabled us to come together and continue to connect during the pandemic. But that same technology is allowing people to move individuals under, underground and without much um, interference from others. You know, the the entire network is going on online right before us. And um, they're able to communicate very quickly. They're able to move their monies very quickly. Um, There's just a whole network that this digitalized, excuse me, network has produced. But on the other hand, you have organizations, you know, the actor Hashtun Kutcher in the U.S. For many years, he's been trying to figure out how you can track. And I know that the international bodies, the police bodies internationally, Scotland Yard, the FBI, they've been fine tuning how they can track the movement of people. And then when you look at businesses, you have the supply chain. And even within the supply chain, you find that this type of forced labor is going on. So getting the transparency of the um, supply chain, which will then reveal where human trafficking is occurring has become very important. So I hope I've answered your question or perhaps it will lead to further discussions um, amongst us.
1: Yes,
2: ma'am. Well, with, uh, what you have said so far, ma'am. will you say that the government and the stakeholders have done enough to stem this type, this type of this issue?
0: No, not at all. Not at all. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface. Not at all. Think about it. We had an episode a few weeks ago about JAPA. What is JAPA? I don't remember the exact definition that Nifemi gave that day, but it's people running away from a situation, leaving a situation. Now, if you want to JAPA and you don't have the right papers to emigrate, then you are going to go through human trafficking, human smugglers. That is illegal and there is no guarantee of what you're going to meet on the other end. But people are taking advantage of the fact that people wish to leave wherever they're originally based for greener pastures. And they've come up with a very sophisticated system where you believe you're going for a legal job, even though you know you're not qualified for the job in many cases. You believe that what you're doing um, is legal and you put yourself in a situation where you're trafficked and that's the end of your life because now you're indentured to others and you never know what's going to happen to you or you get trafficked because somebody wishes to get your organs which is another form of human trafficking. And as you know, there's a recent case of, a, I don't know, Senator of some sort that was here in Nigeria who is in the UK dealing with this situation now we don't know all the details, but there has been an accusation of trafficking moving a person for the purpose of taking the organs is human trafficking. And on this platform today we've got Chilean and Jerry who have been victims of human trafficking, and they have returned safely to Nigeria and have been able to um, put their lives back on the right track will Don't you say Jerry Jerry just got married. Chilean has a beautiful um, son and completed her her degree, having left Nigeria and come back. So there are those who come back, thankfully, but there's so many who are lost at sea. And there are quite a few films that are out there now, that are really focused on these kinds of activity and what is going on. So no, to answer your question, no, the stakeholders have have not done enough. The government have not done enough. This is a global endemic. And it is really important that everyone come together and try and figure out how do we stem this? What is it that we must do to become more vigilant, to become more aware, to become more educated? so that we can prevent this from carrying on.
2: Okay, my
1: last name. What do you think is the best strategy to control this problem in Nigeria?
0: Well, as you know, Live Abundantly is not restricted to Nigeria. We're a global organization. This podcast is actually global. It's right now being featured on LinkedIn so anybody can listen. And I think that we need to recognize that human trafficking is a global phenomenon. It's not unique to Nigeria. And for that reason, stakeholders globally must tackle this within their community within their families, their families that are trafficking their own members, that must be addressed. If you can address it at the grassroots with families, because out of desperation, They're trafficking their own members. And then within the community, within the state. And then, as I mentioned earlier, you start looking at businesses that are hiring people who have been trafficked because it's cheaper labor. They're looking for cheap labor. Then you're really going at it from multiple angles. I I don't think the government can handle it. I mean, people are leaving Nigeria because of insecurity and lack of money and all of the economic reasons social reasons, security reasons, but where are they going to? And who is moving them is the question. So it is beyond one conversation. And I do agree with you that it's time to find solutions, but I do think the solutions should start at the grassroots level. The government can't impose even with all the laws that they have, It's still going on. And now with technology, it's so much easier to move people from country to country.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Benga, for those questions um, and enriching the conversation on this particular episode. There's a lot of talk about the use and abuse of technology and how it's contributing to human trafficking. I'd like to bring in Chilean and um, Jerry in on this conversation. Jerry, just how how, uh, difficult do you think things are now for young Nigerians? Just recently, NLC embarked on a two-day protest. Some group of senators attempted to impeach the president the other night. There's a lot of talk about an indefinite strike if ASA doesn't call off, it's five-month old strike. Would you say that uh, the society or the situation in Nigeria is even inspiring more people to japa in the real sense of it?
2: I think it's enough reason for people to even leave the country because where you, you where you pay a lot and you're not getting enough i need to encourage people to do you know the last time we had these jackets in one and i said something i said a lot of persons who want to even send their children abroad to to go and further their education when they know that as soon as they get there, they can get educated and in less than three years, they are already graduate. So they will tend to send their children abroad to grant study. You know, I said last time, I said, if this, um, this awareness is not being taken to the grassroots like doctor said, I tell you in the next five, 10 years, in the next decade, we are going to see a lot of students who will wake up and tell you education is a scam. There is no need for me to go to school. The ones that went to school, how many years did they go for? A four years course. And you, uh, the young ones who be coming up that that time, they will not be looking at it. Okay, my brother went to school, and at the end of the day, instead of him going for maybe um, a social science course for four years, brother end up spending like um, six or seven years. And the child will tell him, so I say, like, okay, what is the need for me going to school? And that alone is a signal that will make people to be trafficked in the future. So I beg the federal government or those in charge of the astro-strike, to so please remove this astro-strike from these children because it's causing a lot of harm than good. So going back to your question, sir, a lot of people that traveled to the regular route, they are not well-educated. A lot of them are educated. They try- to get the visa, they try to get the passport, and they were unfortunate to get it. And because of the frustration and the way their family is, or the way the country is, or the economy is, they will have no choice than to go the irregular route. Like we do say, we are not saying that travel is an offence. Is your right? Is your is your is is part of learning. But however, if you must do it well, if you must do if you must travel, you should travel the right way. Get all the necessary documents that you need to get that you won't fall the victim. I tell you for free, this syndrome is not funny. A doctor said just now, he said, Jerry is married, Killian, you know, has a, has a son and he's doing well. Ma, out of the 90% of, or 100% of returnees that come back to this country, how many of them are actually doing well? Some of them have mental cases, some of them have challenges with it. ma. Some persons, their family even rejected them, even after they come back. They don't even know yet to go back to, whether to go back to home, to go back to their village, or to go back to their friends. So you see, the economy alone is not even accepting them. There's this stigmatization like uh ah, this person even travel, Yeah, they deported him or her now. They will be making jest of that person. So that alone we won't want people to say, let me even go, let me even leave the surface of these people so that I can, I can, you know, I can come at a better person. But then it's not a yasti for you to fall victim of being trafficked or to be a victim of irregular migrants. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, Jerry. Thank you so much for your contribution. I'll be with you shortly, Chilean, but I'm just told that um, Mrs. Kanfutagboku has joined us, the Lagos Zona commander of napti I'd like to take your reaction very quickly as we get um, the, the walk today and the commemoration of the International Day Against Human Trafficking. What precisely is the focus this year and how are you reaching it?
3: Today, we had our road walk on the 2022 World Day Against Human Trafficking that is coming up tomorrow. July 2022, and the essence of this road walk is to create awareness to the general public on how human trafficking can be stopped or reduced to the barest minimum. We we started from our office at the Kegia GRUE, went through police headquarters, under the bridge, came back through the J.R.A. to the courts and back to the office with other stakeholders. And many stakeholders, like, live abundantly, um, live abundantly, sought after, IOM, mm-hmm. CPN, that is Child Protection Network, turned up, just to mention a few of them. And they really supported us with all the cool, like drinks, minerals, water, and small chops. We appreciate all our stakeholders. And we didn't take that support for granted. And you know, the theme for this year's world against human trafficking is the use of the use and abuse of technology. And we know that technology is is a fact that technology is a blessing, but it's also a challenge because it is being used by traffickers to run their business. You know, technology helps. Us in doing our business. And trafficking is also a business to the traffickers. They use this for their own business by making sure that they recruit victims of human trafficking, they love victims through their tricks, through, through their tricks and different forms of deceits into trafficking. But we also know that technology can be used positively as a form, as a tool for awareness creation, like on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Awareness can be created to the general public on the antics of trafficking, the antics that can be used as tricks that um, traffickers use to deceive and love victims of human trafficking. So that is why the theme of this year is very important and is very important at this time that most uh, some of our youths have been trafficked to different parts of the world notably the arab countries so that is why the theme of this year is very relevant at this at this point and this time
1: indeed we are hoping that the message is getting to those who need to hear it Chilen, uh, Chilean, rather. Please talk to us quickly about how vulnerable you think people are years after you made that trip. Do you think that the conditions within the country has made, or is making, more younger people vulnerable to make this diff- uh, this very dangerous trip? Okay.
4: Thank you so much, Nifan. Um I remember that the last Jabbar discussion, I mentioned that we need to get to the foundation. How did this thing start and how is it going now? Is there a change? Do you think that if people are comfortable or they are seeing hope, for instance, I I want to put it that way. Okay, so if I feel like that there would be change in a few months, I'm hopeful, I want to stay. But when there is no hope, when everything seems to get worse. For instance, I think it was three days ago, my mom was saying that things are really expensive for them back there in Delta. And I said, the same here. It's getting really worse by the day. So if you look at the way things are, people are vulnerable. For me, I feel like even most of us who are working are also very vulnerable. Because if you look at how much you're being paid, salary is not increased. Things get really expensive. If someone sells the idea of migration to someone who doesn't have an idea of what human trafficking is, the person would jump at it. Um students, for instance, I mentioned that there was um, a particular month last year when I did one survey to find out how they are coping in schools. Most of them didn't have accommodation. They were putting up with friends. Let those friends relate with cousins abroad, and then they tell them, please, if you have friends, gather them. I want to help. They would go. Some wouldn't even mention to family that they are traveling because they are vulnerable. There are people who can't afford one square meal at this moment in Nigeria. There are people who can't afford to pay their children's school fee. So if someone sells the idea of migrating irregularly to them, they won't think twice about it. They would take the option. So many negative things going on. Insecurity. If these things are not addressed, much more people will migrate irregularly. And for instance, I was, I was talking about a friend who showed me a flyer of um, an advert for people to travel abroad um, within Africa to work. And the countries there, she was just telling me that these countries seem to be like Nigeria. I just simply told her that the trafficker knows that people will believe it's better over there. For instance, the insecurity is not as bad as it is here. If I come from a state in the north where they kill people regularly, and then someone says, let's go to Cameroon, for instance, I would think about the fact that I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to die. And then I'll jump on it. So the thing is, the situation of Nigeria is making people more vulnerable. Even the ones who've returned also are taking the option of re-migrating. I heard about some of my friends who they came back to Nigeria at the same time I did. I'm hopeful, I'm trying to fix things. Some of them are not so patient. A lot of them have gone back to Libya. I'm not praising them, but if the situation gets better, they wouldn't want to migrate the wrong way. It's because things are actually very bad that they are taking the option of irregular migration. So I feel like if things continue like this, much more persons will jump on ira- irregular migration without thinking.
1: Dr. Ama, Chilean is talking about yes. how desperate young Nigerians are becoming. Uh, dollar now exchanges for 710 naira. I was on the news last night when um, there was a breaking report about shootings near Zuma Rock in Abuja, there are apparent threats against um, government parastatals and schools. Government colleges are shut down in the federal capital territory. Unity schools are shut down. Uh, bandits are even threatening to kidnap the president and the Kaduna state governor. Some would say all of these developments perhaps are making it um, more difficult to convince desperate Nigerians not to travel irregularly. Do you think that um, the advocacy work is more difficult now than it was before?
0: You know, Nifemi, I know that you're going to focus on the situation in Nigeria because that's where you are, we all are currently. But I always want us to look at this on a global scale. Wherever you are in the world where there is unrest, where there is insecurity, where there is extreme poverty, where the economic and social, political, cultural pressures are heightened, you're going to deal with this. Think about the people in Ukraine that have had to leave their countries to go elsewhere. Many of them probably going to have to deal with a high level of um, trafficking because how are you going to move from country to country until you find a place where you can settle. In Nigeria, everything you've said so far is what we've heard and it's believed to be the situation. If you cannot give people the basics that they need to feel that they belong in a country, they're going to believe that going elsewhere is a better situation for them. The reality is, it likely is not because if you don't have the right papers to exist in those countries, then you put yourself into a situation where you will be exploited. If you're not knowledgeable to decipher that the advertisements that you see in the news, on social media, that those advertisements are not legitimate, they're too true to be realistic you're going to fall victim to it. If somebody is advertising for a nurse and you're not a nurse, why are you Mm -hmm. putting up your name? Why are you submitting yourself? If somebody is telling you that you're going to be a nanny and you do not have the qualifications to travel, you don't have the papers to travel, why would you submit yourself to it? If they're going to get, oh, they say, oh, they promised us passports, blah, blah, blah. The reality is they promise you the same passport they've used with countless other people to move them abroad and they're moving you into a situation where you become indentured. I think it's 79 or 80% of those who were trafficked are into are forced into sexual exploitative situation that is the global figure. And we don't have accurate numbers because people are leaving countries irregularly. They're being transported by land and in all forms of way. You just don't have an accurate figure. 20% of the people who are trafficked are children. We have a critical issue globally, not just in Nigeria because the same situation exists in the United States in the United Kingdom in Europe, homeless children, street children. It is so easy to move street children because nobody has an affinity for them. Nobody knows them. They don't belong anywhere. They're desperate to survive. You can see the children begging on the streets, even here in Nigeria. And you know there's somebody behind them that's forcing them to beg so that they can collect that money. That is human trafficking. You see it every day, and yet nothing is being done. But you can see their minders are watching them to see what they're collecting, if they're standing up. And there have been stories of people going abroad and being maimed as a way that they can earn or be given more money. So really, you have to look at the situation globally. The, the, The pandemic, which is now endemic, forced people into situations where they were trafficked. You've got the endemic who is forcing people desperately to get out their situation. You've got wars and you've got insecurity and unrest that's making people more vulnerable. You've got the heightened inflation that's going on. And even before inflation, it was difficult for people to survive. So there's a level of internal trafficking that's even going on in this country where people are saying, oh, well, you know what? Um, I'm going to take your daughter and your relative, I'll take your daughter to Lagos and they will work. You think your daughter is working in Lagos with your relative and your daughter has already been taken out to another country. These situations are so tenuous, but it's based on certain factors that are occurring that are beyond people's control. And they're simply trying to survive. And I know that I brought this up and everyone has sort of just sort of let it pass through. Trafficking is done by those who are in positions of authority, positions of authority. And I have mentioned the situation that's going on right now in the UK that is not getting the attention that it should. You have a senator that's being accused of trafficking a child, or we don't know how old, is it a child, is it an adult, to the UK for the sole purpose of organs transfer, organ donation. That's occurring right here in Nigeria. It's occurring globally. So we need to come back and make people accountable for what they're doing. But those that are doing it are in positions of authority and they are now using technology to ease the way in which they move people along. And to the average person looking, oh, it looks fine. But if you look carefully, you will recognize that it is human trafficking and it needs to be addressed. So all stakeholders, that includes the people in the cities and the towns and the villages, parents need to understand what they are doing to their children and what is occurring within the communities and start to address it. If you're waiting for the government, you're going to hear that the government's hands are ties and the government doesn't have the money and the government is overwhelmed. I'm not saying anything that you don't know already. So it has to be addressed, but it has to start from the grassroots and people need to report those who are doing it. If you know somebody that's doing it, then speak up and report it. Don't condone it, don't close a blind eye and say, oh, well, what, what else is a girl there for? But to use her body to make money. That's not what girls were born for, to use their bodies to make money and we shouldn't be taking people's organs. So you've got me on a topic that I'm really very passionate about. And I know that we're talking about commemorative. I don't call it commemorative day. I call it a day of awareness, of heightened awareness. But this awareness must continue beyond today. It's not coming one day to talk about it. It's speaking about it every single day. Every single day should be human trafficking day, where people become aware and people take actions, even within their small locale. Take care of the people in your community. Nobody should go hungry, nobody should be starving, and nobody should be sold or given away as if they're a commodity for others to abuse.
2: This is the Thinking Reimagined podcast, sponsored by Allied Empowerment allied empowerment consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions brain-based leadership and coaching allied empowerment empowers business leaders teams and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust curiosity psychological safety engagement and communication allied empowerment thriving in a sustainable and manner
1: Absolutely. Talking about awareness, Jerry, I'd like you to speak to the red flags to look out for, particularly now that attention is turned to the use and abuse of social media. Dr. Ama mentioned the case with the former Senate president in the UK. That case is still in court, but already Nigeria has confirmed that the victim, the alleged victim involved is not a child, he's 21 years old, and they will wait for the court to decide if there was indeed um um a case of tra- human trafficking that can be proven that can be proved in in um, in that court but speak to us jerry about the things that potential because every desperate nigerian is a potential victim everyone who is seeking greener pasture people are talking about tech get a skill in tech and there are a lot of jobs out there for you particularly in fintech so everyone is looking out for opportunities what are those red flags to look out for. And then you can tell that oh, this is this is trafficking. This is not legitimate.
2: Um, quickly, yesterday we had a program on the same irregular migrations and uh, flags that need uh, for people to be aware. And I discovered that in Lagos here, for example, um, the people are already aware of the right thing to do. When you take this awareness to the rural community,
1: so,
2: you discover that a lot of persons will keep falling victims because they are not even really aware of the tools they are using. Yesterday in Ibadan, when we did um, a walk in the three market, Ogunpa, LALA LA and the Supermarket, market around the cinema, if you see what people were saying, people were giving us contact. I was I was so surprised, I was so shocked. Like, is it that you have not been hearing what we've been saying? And they said they don't know. It means that this grassroots, they don't know that you still need visa to travel. This grassroots do not know that um, you need a, a passport to travel. They believe it's only the rich man that travel. and that's the reason they are falling victims. So some of the red flag you need to know is that when somebody tells you that I can take you abroad with less than a millionaire or like 300,000, just know not them be that. If somebody tells you, I need a, a nanny abroad, can you bring, some? do you have a friend that you know can come along with you? So, you know, I will help you, you know, because you are younger, I just like you, I don't know what makes me to like you, not them be that. If somebody take you, maybe you go to church, um, Pastor or your Imam tell you your destiny is not in Nigeria, your destiny is abroad. I just see this vision now that uh, if you go to abroad, you are gonna make it. That is a red flag. Not then be that. If somebody now say, have you heard about this 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 great man? Because if you go to um, somewhere in Lagos or some of of our bridges, you see work in Dubai three hundred thousand, work in Germany two hundred thousand. Work in Canada, Canada and Australia is not being used now. Work in Canada, 400,000 in a month. Those are red flags. You need to run from such publications. They are not real, they are not true. When you get there, you will not begin to see the real thing that we are talking about. i give you a quick example. A guy saw an advert post to work in Australia. He stays in Ecuador, very close to me. And he went to apply. When he got there, he said, "You want to travel?" He said, "Yes." They said, "Are you sure you want to travel?" He said, "Yes." Do you have international passport? He said, "No." So okay, don't worry. Our company, we are capable. We help you get your passport. We help you get your visa. We help you travel. We we'll pay every logistics that you need to get. And the guy was very, very, very happy. Like Jerry does this. At the end of the day, they said before he is going to travel, that he's going to work for them for one month before he would travel. That is a product that he sell, that is a harbour drugs that he will sell. When the guy opened the harbour drugs, it was not even harbour drug, it was weed that was inside. And the guy started selling that weed from one ghetto to another. Now, the plan was he wants to travel. And he He was not aware of you know, the right way to travel. Now, this big company with big name, come and tell the person, you know, I can help you travel, I will pay all your bills. I'm trying to bring this analogy so that people will get to be aware of the signs they need to watch out for. It's not every job that you go that I really want it. Today, as I speak to you, the guy has applied for this job since last year. Today, I speak to you, the guy is a professional weed seller. You see? Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why people need to be, people need to watch <coughs> out.
4: So just to add to what. I want to address two things, just to add to what both Dr. Ama and Jerry has said. Um, Dr. Ama asked the question, "Why do you? Uh, why do people take the option of irregular migration when um, there are other better options?" Um, due to the fact that they are in difficult situation, and then the question still links to what you asked, Jerry. So um, I feel like one of the reasons why they are taking such options is because of what the traffickers tell them. For instance, they sell you cheap, very cheap options. Uh, and they make it look very easy. They make it look like you're not going to have any struggles. So by the time they are selling these options to the people and using, they have very strong um, evidence and facts that I don't even have in most cases. For instance, they want to sell to you an idea of someone who had traveled. I was the one who pushed the person, I did everything. I was the one who processed it. They have very strong evidence. By the time the victim sees sees this evidence, the person is like, oh, wow, if this can happen for this person, why not me? So the person is not actually looking at any other negatives. I would also talk about, the fact that they don't give you time to check anything. So I'm coming to um, what Jerry was talking about. So if you see that they are hurrying you, they are rushing you, know that those things are, it's not true. Sometimes they will just tell you, you, you just need to um, prepare. In the next three days, I have all the documents, everything is set. Once you see that they are hurrying you, they are rushing you to prepare and follow, know that there is something up. It's not real. And I've I've realized that most times they do these things even for people who are going by flight, by air. So that means that they are even hurrying you. Meanwhile, you're supposed to have a process where you go to NIS. They don't allow you to do that. They don't allow you to do the process of going to the country's embassy. They tell you they have it all figured out. They are rushing you, run. Nigeria is hot now as if there there is fire burning somewhere. Once you see such a thing, know that once it's easy and there is rush know that it's a no-go area don't even try it because there is something fishy the person is trying to hide and then also if you have information to ask them maybe some questions to ask them and you're trying to ask those questions and the person is trying to um, avoid answering you red flag most times they, they try to like um find a way not to even allow you ask the question. And then also, if they tell you that nobody should know about it, maybe if you're saying your family and the rest of them, you want to tell them, red flag. In most cases, they use the fact that we are Africans. um You know that in Africa, there is juju. The moment you tell anybody, you're done for. Just when you start seeing such signs, um, know that the person has skeleton in his cupboard, he's hiding something, he doesn't want you to see that thing or even exposing they are also, they are trying to protect their niche so in such cases people have to be very, very careful when you see these signs Clear sign of the fact that you're going somewhere you might not be able to come back from I came back, but there are a lot of people who are back there that I'm not sure would have access we are trying to even, in most cases we are trying to even support some of them so that they can come back
1: but we have still a lot of persons who in several countries cannot come back. Thank you. Indeed. Oh, my. So it's been very exhaustive a lot of information in one piece. I'm sure that uh, the red facts are clearly noted by everyone who is watching online and our listeners on our podcast platform. Let's turn our attention to the Zona, the Lagos Zona Commander of Napti as we begin to wrap up this session. It appears that Napti has a huge task ahead, uh, particularly seeing the condition within the country. And indeed, globally, the concerns of um, many citizens of the world and many legitimate reasons why people want to leave that country to a better place. But um, I, I would ask um, you two questions. If NAPTIB and other sister agencies have taken these Um, efforts at education, I mean, educating people online, where most of the human traffickers are. And is there also a platform of fact checking with NAPTI where someone who is considering working with an agent or who is considering leaving the country can confirm if those they are dealing with are legitimate with your agency?
3: um thank you once again for having me the point is um, there is a class certificate now that napsi is giving for those that want to travel or, or agents that want to sponsor people abroad there is a website now it's just coming up. And now is saying, if we have those that are going for sporting activities, those that are going for vacations, and those that, um, that want to go for one visitation or the other, NAPTIP is working in collaboration with other stakeholders. Like Ministry of, um, like um, Ministry of um, Labour, the Migrant Resource Center under Ministry of Labour, one can cross-check with NAPT, and also one can make calls at any time to our hotline, that is six two seven, for some verification. Now to be quiet, because we know this season we are, where we are now in Nigeria, that is a delicate season. It's a delicate period, it's a trying period for everybody. And when you talk to our youth, even during the course of creating awareness, what they tell you is they want to japa, they want to japa. But what we always tell them, cancel them on is, if they, to, if they want to travel, if they want to travel abroad, let them travel in a regular way, not in an irregular way.
1: Thank you. I'll take some final comments from Dr. Amma as we begin to wrap up this conversation. Dr. Amma.
0: Well, Nifemi, this has been a very invigorating and informative conversation, and um, I'm so glad to hear new insights from Jerry and Chilean because they are at the grassroots levels. They're the ones who are actually going into areas where nobody has a chance to go and communicate with people and share information. The one thing that has become absolutely clear when we're talking about human trafficking, irregular migration, but specifically human trafficking is that it is a borderless, borderless network. There are no borders. The borders have been eliminated. Regardless of where you are in the world, they have managed to remove the borders. They have managed to figure out how they can move people. You know, very often in Nigeria, you're talking about you know people crossing the desert and going to Libya or going to the Arab world. But are you aware that there are Africans being trafficked that are going in through South America? It has become a borderless phenomenon. And the, the perpetrators of this cartel have figured out how to survive and run their business underground. The digital platform that is available not right now in many ways protects them because it is an intricate web of people selling, moving people like any other commodity. Really, people have become a commodity. We don't even have the exact figures. It is estimated and still being said is $150 billion industry. It's a cartel, but this cartel is sophisticated, even more sophisticated than a drug cartel, because in this case, you're moving individuals, not drugs. So it is important on an international level that we begin to look at how we can address this. I've mentioned that is in the fruits in the, in the supply chain. We've mentioned that people are being given passports and they're able to travel with ease, except when they arrive at their destination, they suddenly have absolutely no identity. They're stripped of those passports, they become indentured slaves. That's forced labor. And they could be in those situations for years to come. Some get sold, some get damaged, you know, through surgeries that they're forced into. But I do think that we need to understand and and understand the magnitude of this borderless enterprise. And that is why the emphasis this year is on the digital, the technology, the way that you can move from place to place with ease, the way that you can hide your money, the way that even governments cannot even track who is being moved, who is moving where. And we have to address that internationally, locally, grassroots, it's constant back and forth. My most concern is for the children because 20% of those being trafficked are children. And those children have no identity and they're living their lives in a traumatic state. And at the end of the day, we have no record of how many survive, don't survive, and they're completely lost to their families and communities. So let's let's remember this, 71% of the people trafficked are women and children 29% are adult males. The disparity is enough for us to begin to see this issue must be addressed head-on without reservation. I think that we have lost Nifemi, so I'm going to continue this interview.
4: Hello, Doctor. Okay, so my final words would be um, keep yourself safe. Um, In most cases, people don't um, pay attention to things they are supposed to pay attention to. I was a victim of that. I didn't pay attention to checking information, getting relevant information about anything. I was just paying attention to school because I was in school at, at the time when it happened. And so if you start paying attention to the relevant things, as I then I didn't even like the news. I mean if they turn on the TV in the house once it's news, I walk away because everything seems to be somehow. So where would I have gotten information about human trafficking? I didn't even have an idea. Um, someone was saying, so you didn't know about Edo Girls. I didn't know about Edo Girls travel. I, I knew nothing about that because of course as I then I was I was so focused on getting a degree. It's important to get a degree, it's important to get um a good life. But as you're fighting to get that, ensure to get information about almost everything, the world is growing fast. Digital. I learned um, from reading one of UN's documents that currently they can't even trace anything about human trafficking online because these guys are smart enough to delete. They know um, the, the language that was used by UN is they use the dark space to hide this information. They know how to go about it. And recently I also saw, um, would I call it, um, um, was it an app that sells human beings. So they Mm -hmm. go to local communities, get their victims, upload them on that app, on that particular space. People buy them and then they ship whoever you want to you. This is inhuman. It hurts. I was, up, I was upset when I saw it. But then I, I felt like if people are actually informed about the things they do, they wouldn't be in such situation. So I feel like the people who are actually being... so. I mean, if someone wants to take a video of me, I would ask you why. I would want to know, why are you taking a video of me? What do you need it for? But these people are not informed. So you need to stay safe, be informed, keep your family safe, and keep everyone around you safe. Very vital. The world is growing fast. We can't keep track of everything they are doing, but we can keep ourselves safe. Thank you very much,
0: Dr. Thank you very much. I've got two, we have two comments um, on um, from LinkedIn. And I would like to share this comments. The first one is from Juliana Massey. And Juliana says, absolutely, the challenges of street children is growing daily. The unfortunate futuristic scenario is great security challenges glaring at the world. The developing world will be the first sufferers, but the developed world will be affected too. I absolutely agree, um, Juliana. I've always said that this is affecting every single person Nobody is immune. So whether you're in the developed world or emergent economy or whatever, however you wish to describe it, this is a pressing issue. Thank you. And then we have another comment from Ronald Robinson. And he said, the social media platforms must be used for educational purposes and developmental, development of humane, of human nature. Yes. We need to pay attention to what's going on on social media, because the traffickers are very astute, and they have cleverly figured out a way to use social media to advertise quote unquote, their services, or to seek services, and then monetize it. So when you monetize those services, it's a violation, and we know it's going on. Um, Ronald also went on to say we must stop the abuse and misuse of power over those less fortunate, it starts at the top, we continue to promote peace and unity throughout the diaspora, yes, we should. I know that we like to think that it starts at the top, but it's one thing here, we have to have it go both ways in my opinion. Whilst we're trying to start at the the top to stop things, we also need to start at the grassroots to educate people. Um, It is time that this become a topic in schools. We need to start educating our children in schools to understand the dynamic of human trafficking because it is everywhere. It, and it is not nobody is immune to it. Anyone, anyone who is not paying attention can go through the experience of human trafficking. You will have people coming online and saying, "Oh, if you perform this sexual act on, tele, on for me right now, I will spend I'll send you money. Oh, if you can come here and meet me at this place, I'll give you some money. And you can just come for a party. All of these are elements are subtle elements of human trafficking. And I do think that it's time that we, we become more vigilant. Um, Jerry, what are your final words as we um, close this episode?
2: Thank you. Okay. My final word is what I want to say. If you see something, say something. And the reason why we are not saying it is because uh, that's the reason why, the reason why we are not saying it it's because we are scared of you. Nobody wants to come out of their share. So when somebody tells you, and you see that that thing is coming closer to you, you can say it out. If you say it out, you will get there. So if you see something, say something. So that's the hashtag we are coming up with now. So that the grassroots also can start saying it and saying it out. I believe if we start with nice. this, we are going to get straight down to the grassroots, And the issue of human trafficking will be reduced Even as it's reducing the urban to be reduced in the rural environment.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you very much. So, if you say something, say something. That's a very good hashtag. Um, Let's continue the work at the grassroots, and as Ronald said, let's also go from the top. You know, my thing is that there's so many policies out there, but how many of these policies are being enacted? Um, You know, the the rules and laws, but somehow the perpetrators, because it's a cartel, have found a way around it and they continue Mm. to cause um, traumatic experiences to other human beings. I just want to say thank you to Jerry and Chilian and of course, um, to Comfort from the Naptip Command, the Zonal Commander, we thank you. We appreciate your work. To um, Menga, who was here, but we've lost the connection, from Guardian, thank you for being part of this discussion. And of course, to Nifemi, our moderator. We're very glad to have this um, platform. We continue to put social topics out there, social workplace topics, the topics that people want to talk under the table. We're going to put it on the platform so that people can speak and have and give voice to it. Thank you for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next week. And this episode is broadcast live. It is available on LinkedIn. Please feel free to share and um, keep it going. Let's get the conversation going. It cannot just be one day. It must, must, must be continuous. And I just have a message here from Comfort. She said, oh, she said, my final words that our youth are creative and internet savvy, but they must be careful not to fall prey to the baits of traffickers, the baits that traffickers have online. We need everyone to join and help make a difference. Thank you very much for those final words, Comfort Aboku. I appreciate you all. And we look forward to the next podcast. This has been a Thinking Reimagined production. Thank you very much. And you'll be well. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast.
1: The executive producer is Dr. Ama. Co-producer, Peter Amon Boyle.
0: And it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoyin. The podcast is edited by Nelken and supervised by Doon Sokwa.
1: Thinking Reimagined emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly powerful and applicable effective solutions and change.
0: The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of Thinking Reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you for listening and we hope, hope you, you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play and other outlets.
1: We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week.
0: Thinking Reimagined podcast is produced by Live Abundantly.
1: We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website Leavesabundantly.com,
0: or you can follow us on social media and live abundantly 8. thinking, thinking reimagined,
1: re-imagined
0: changing, changing the
1: mindset for a better global society, global society.